This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk Astros baseball. Call 713-212-5790. That's 713-212-5790. It's the wall and it's Live from Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepherd. This is 790 Astro Line. Greetings from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, another edition of Astro Line presented by Carbach Brewing Company. I'm Robert Ford, radio broadcaster for the Astros. So glad you could join us. And joining me this week is the Pacific Coast League Pitcher of the Year, the Astros Minor League Pitcher of the Year last year, and also made his major league debut last year. Let's have a warm Astroline welcome for Brady Rogers joining us. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to have you here, Brady. And oh, yeah. uh, it was a busy year for you yeah. last year. <laughs> mentioned, yeah, uh, mentioned all the awards. You led the Pacific Coast League in ERA at 2.86, pitching at, at Fresno 12-4 and four last year in, in 22 starts. It just really seemed like everything uh, kind of came together for you at, at AAA last year. Yeah, and I think uh, that being my repeat year, uh, I definitely learned a lot from the first year. Uh, realized how much of a hitter's league that the PCL can be and uh, and and took a lot of things from, from the spring training before the season. You know, uh, Gregerson showed me a few things. Strami uh, taught me some stuff. So uh, carried that over into the year and, uh, you know, very, very thankful for the year that I had. Now, you mentioned being in big league camp, you know, Luke Gregerson, Brent Strom, Astros pitching coach. How valuable i don't you know I, I mean i think you know fans they see spring training you get you know these non-roster players or guys who are on the 40 man who uh are, are going to start the year in the minors who are in big league camp i don't i don't think it's really easy to explain sometimes how big that is for for guys like yourself who are just trying to, to find your way try to get to the big leagues to be around some experienced guys and, and the big league pitching coach yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's a great experience for for any for anybody, whether you're on the forty man or not. Um, and what I did, I just I didn't do a lot of talking. I just did a lot of listening. And uh, and you know, like you said, with Gregerson and Strom, and you have a bunch of uh, veteran pitchers in, in our bullpen and in our starting rotation. You know, you just you learn you learn to listen to everything that they say and uh, and pick up on pick up on everything that they're saying. Was there? Any particular piece of advice or pieces of advice that that really stuck out to you that you that you learned in spring training that you're able to take with you into your minor league season? Yeah, um, Strom Strom said a couple things. Uh, the main thing was, you know, I'm I'm a, a big competitor, so I try to do everything at 100. percent And he he told me a little bit, just like, hey, tone down a little bit. You know, you don't have to go 100 percent every single time. Like, you know, build your stamina up, and because in my bullpens, I'm 100 percent every single time too. And then. Uh, and then he had me talk to Gregerson and ask him about a slider because he has one of the better sliders in the game. Sure. Um, I think it's very underrated. And uh, he, he taught me a couple things, and 
whatever he said just stuck with me, and it, and it really uh, really helped me uh, this this past season. And you mentioned going 100 percent in bullpens and, and spring training and, and what have you, and there has to be a, a little bit more adrenaline when you're in big league camp, whether it's in a bullpen session when everybody's watching or when it's in a, a big league game, because. I mean, you're trying to make an impression. You're trying to you're trying to show the big league staff that that you can help them. Yeah, and absolutely, like you just said, uh, trying to make an impression. You know, I know I know Strom's watching. Sometimes uh, Hinch is walking around, mm-hmm. and you see. I mean, it's it's tough not to notice him walking around back there. And you're like, all right, gotta gotta have my best stuff right now. Um, and it's just a bullpen, so you know, it's uh, just gotta gotta learn to to tone that down a little bit and not not try to stress myself out too much. And uh, you know, hopefully, I'll carry that into this spring. Talking with uh, Astros pitcher Brady Rogers, and going into the year, big league call up. How much was that on your mind? Did you have a, a, t- a time frame in your head? Was it something you even you even put a lot of thought into? What, what was your What was your frame of mind? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about it, because um, I mean, every everybody's thinking about it, especially when you're having you know a, a pretty good year, um, like I was fortunate enough to have. And uh, you know, coming at the end of the season, it was like. All right, like it's it's gonna happen or it's not gonna happen, but uh, I just try to do my best. To just it's just a game, you know. I'm just playing, you know. Whether I get my opportunity uh, in September, I'll probably have an opportunity the next season. So I was just trying to trying my best to keep it off my mind. But uh, but then when that opportunity came, it was uh, an unbelievable feeling. that's hard to describe. So let's take us back to that moment. You uh, got your contract purchased by the Astros on September second. Wound up getting in a five big league games, including starting the last game of the year. Your other four appearances were in relief. So where were you? What were you doing when you found out that you were going to be a big leaguer? And, and how did you find out? Well, we had a, uh, I want to say it was like a 16-inning game in Tacoma. Okay. And, uh, well, actually, the, the couple days before, I was starting a game, and I only went two innings, and then they pulled me. And so, uh, obviously, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, is this is this the chance like you know i had goosebumps the entire game just waiting and then you know the game was over and nothing happened so i was like all right and, and just to clarify just for people who may not be aware a lot of times the triple a game they'll pull the starting pitcher early after two or three innings if they think they might need him to start in another day or two and need him in the big leagues another day or two so yeah a lot of times that's a sign yeah exactly and that's i mean that that was the first thing that came through my head it was like all right is this is this the time and then the game was over and nothing happened mm-hmm. and so i was like okay well Maybe they were just trying to cut my cut my innings because I I'd thrown a lot that that year and I know I finished the the season before, hurt you know strained an oblique and all that so I was like I didn't know if it was an innings limit or not, and uh, and then yeah that day uh, we just finished like a 14 or 15 inning game I don't remember it was about 1:30 2 o'clock in the morning in Seattle or in Tacoma, and uh, Tony D came in and just uh, just told me that. You know, told, uh, surrounded me around the team and and told me that it was my time to go up and meet in the team in Arlington, and uh, but the the main thing was calling my parents, calling my sisters, calling my wife. Um, it was three o'clock in Texas at that time, maybe even pushing four o'clock in the morning. So, mm. so I was really surprised that they answered that phone, and then they were probably I think the first thing they answered like, "What's wrong?" Because you know, yeah, right. You know, no no good phone call comes at three or four in the morning. Right. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely uh, teared up when I talked to my dad and my mom and, like I said, my sisters and then, and then my wife. And I even called some of my best friends, and it was, you know, three in the morning. And, you know, it just it means a lot because they all answered. So yeah. it, was, it was pretty special. Well, it just goes to show how special you are to them, the, that they would be even awake for your, your 4 a.m. <laughs> phone call, 3 a.m. phone call. But, uh, but that, that's, that's, a, that's a really neat moment. And then 
I know, you know, talking with a lot of guys who, who get called up for the first time, then it's like kind of scramble mode, isn't it? Because then, all right, well, I mean, fortunately for you, you were going to be in Arlington, so not far from, I mean, you're from Richmond, you're from the Houston area, so you aren't going to be very far from home. So that makes it a little easier. But usually there's scramble mode. All right, let's get to the game, get flights if need be, what have you. I guess it wasn't quite as bad for you. I mean, it was, yeah, it wasn't as bad for my family. For right. me, you know, our game finished at late at night, and obviously I didn't get any sleep. I think I might have shut my eyes for five minutes, and then my alarm went off. And I had to catch a flight out of uh, Seattle at like 7 or 8 in the morning and go straight to Arlington, which is about a three, three-and-a-half-hour flight and go straight to the stadium, didn't even go to the hotel. So I was up for almost like 30-something straight hours. No sleep on the plane. Like, I am dead. <laughs> like, I'm taking pictures of my family after the game, and I don't even know if my eyes were open or not. I don't even know if I was smiling. I was in straight zombie mode. Yeah, yeah, but but very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, obviously just, just such a big moment, and it had to be special that first time, and I don't know – how much you were paying attention to what was going on around you, but when you did wind up making your big league debut in Arlington in that series, did you know where your family was in the stands? Did you did you kind of look over there? Did, did it seem surreal that knowing that they were there? Man, I tell you what, I walked down the stairs in the in the bullpen, and the next thing I know, I was on the mound. So I don't even I don't even know <laughs> if I remember the, the jog from the outfield onto the mound, but. Uh, but I, I kind of knew where they were, you know. It was definitely uh, it was easy to know where they were because they were yelling. And I mean, we're at rain, we're we're visiting the Rangers, so no right. one no one's cheering for me in that stadium. So there's only you know a select few of uh, people. And uh, I mean, it was it was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go the way I wanted for a debut. But you know, you learn you learn from the worst. Yeah, you know, your your first couple of outings, like you like you kind of alluded to, didn't maybe go as well as you wanted to. But then you. You got home, you, you faced the Cubs on September 11th and pitched really well in that game against a very good lineup. I mean, the eventual world champions through two scoreless innings. And then you threw a scoreless inning against the Mariners uh, in, at near the end of the month. What was different for you in those two outings as opposed to your first two in the big leagues? Was it just a matter of getting your nerves under control, getting a better idea of what you needed to do? What was it? Yeah, I mean, it was probably probably more nerves, but also it was my first time being out of the bullpen, and mm -hmm. I don't even know if I've ever been out of the bullpen in my life. Uh, so it was it was a new experience for me, something to learn, like, you know, when how many pitches is good enough for me to be ready, and plus the run out, you know, it's the run out from the bullpen. It's it's a little different, but, uh, but yeah, I think I think the nerves and and also being at home. I mean, pitching in front of our fans rather than someone else's. Uh, meant a lot so it was uh it was pretty special and uh you know i love love pitching at minute Maid right now <laughs> and you know you mentioned getting that bullpen routine down and just getting used to that i'd imagine you mean you mentioned gregerson helping you in spring training i imagine gregerson and some of the other guys probably helped you out a little bit in in terms of preparation down in the bullpen because it's i mean as you know it's it's completely different yeah it's a little different i mean anytime that phone rings you know is your name going to be called um so you never know um but yeah i mean i didn't i didn't talk much in the bullpen either i kind of watched them and paid attention to when they got ready but they I mean everybody had different roles so it's like Gregerson knew that he was in the eighth you know, right. Giles knew he was in the ninth and Harris was probably the seventh or something setups and and uh, Devo was you know kind of that swing man um, so everybody had their roles so I just kind of paid attention to to each and every role and you know how how they got ready and prepared for for their uh, opportunity to go out on the field now we talked about when you got the phone call talked about when you made the flight to Arlington and then when you start off your career in the bullpen 
guys often talk about how nerve-wracking that is because, like you said, every time the phone rings, you don't know if it's going to be you or not, especially when you haven't pitched in a big league game yet. So that, I mean, I imagine that had to ratchet up the nerves and the intensity as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the very first time that the phone rang, it's like, all right, is this my time? You know, your heart, heart kind of skips a beat a little bit. So you're like, all right, you know, waiting, waiting for CB to say your name. And, uh, you know, the phone could ring five or six times and your name's not called. And then all of a sudden that seventh time, hey, you're on the mound. Okay. And then you just start getting going. You let the adrenaline take over and you, you loosen up pretty quick. And, I mean, it has to help, too, you know, getting your feet wet at the big leagues is a September call-up last year. You know, we were talking before we went on the air here about you've been working out at Minute Maid Park with a lot, a lot of the veteran guys, the guys who've been around a little bit uh, with this Astros club. It, it had to help having that September experience. Now working out with those guys in the offseason at Minute Maid Park, there's a little bit of familiarity, a little bit more comfort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've always been a friend, always been friends with uh, McCullers and uh-huh. uh, got to know Keiko last spring. So it's uh, it's pretty sweet, you know, working out in the weight room with them. Um, and we're all striving for the same goal, and that's to win a World Series and bring that back to Houston. So, you know, we're all we're all striving for that, and we're all pushing each other in the weight room and having Altuve and Marwin. And we're even getting our bullpen catcher, Brock Amante, in there, and he's getting some work in. So, you know, we're really we're really pushing each other and, and competing against each other, but also, um, you know, setting our sights toward, towards the main goal, and that's how, making the postseason. How, how much fun is it to be working out with your teammates and, and guys in the Astro system as opposed to, I mean, because, you know, a lot of fans may not realize this, but that's not, that's not always common. A lot of times guys are working out on their own, or maybe they're working out with guys from other teams that happen to be where they live, but that has to be pretty neat to be able to work out with guys that you're going to be around all season. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you get to build that, you know, that, that brotherhood that, that we'll all have. Uh, we'll go into spring knowing that, you know, I busted my butt. Altuve worked his tail off. Keuchel, McCullers, like we all knew what we did this off season. So we all we're all ready, you know, ready for spring. We're ready to to get going and uh, and get into West Palm. Hey, don't forget, next time you're looking for a great IPA, please remain calm. Carbox Hopadillo IPA is loaded with hops from around the world for the perfect citrus character. Carbox Brewing Company, Houston, Texas. We'll have more with Astros pitcher and Richmond, Texas native Brady Rogers as Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, continues live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepard and on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Presented by Carbach Brewing Company and on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Coming to you live from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd. And don't forget, Pluckers now has a second location out in the Memorial City area. So make sure you check out both of the Pluckers locations in Houston. Also, second annual Diamond Dreams Gala will take place next Friday, the 20th. Spectacular evening will feature a live performance from legendary singer-songwriter Diana Ross. Benefits from the gala will support the Astros Foundation and New Hope Housing. Visit astros.com slash gala to buy your tickets today. We're joined once again by Astros pitcher Brady Rogers, and we just played a, a highlight coming out of the break, Brady, of uh, 
when you got onto the mound for your Major League debut, September 3rd, against the Rangers in Arlington. And Steve Sparks, my broadcast partner, mentioned how you're a product of the Lamar Little League. And uh, not only you're a product of that, that Little League, but, I mean, you, you guys did pretty well when you were out there. You were in the uh, Little League World Series in, yeah, in 2003. Was, yeah, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> 2003, yeah. Uh, and you weren't you were an infielder then, weren't you? Uh, third baseman and pitcher. And you pitched also. Yeah. And uh, Randall Grichuk was on that team, wasn't he, with the Cardinals? Now? Yeah. Yep. He was our outfielder. Uh, yeah. Me and him are still still good friends, so uh, we we talk a lot and uh, try to help each other out. What was that experience in Williamsport like? I mean, I, I see it on TV. I remember I, you know watch the Little League World Series as a kid and be thinking you know as 11 12 year old man that, that just looks amazing i still think that now yeah yeah i mean it's definitely awesome i mean you're 12 years old you're playing on espn uh you're having you know millions of people watching you on tv and then as a 12 year old there's 40 45,000 people watching you like i mean you got uh, hundreds of people on the hill and you got more you know more people out in the stands i mean it was it was surreal but i mean as a kid, you're just having fun, so it's just you're playing you're playing baseball with your best friends. What was that experience like, just getting to that moment? Because I mean, you you, you have to play several games. As a matter of fact, I believe you beat a team that Mark Appel was on uh, <laughs> in order to get out of out of the t- to win Texas, and then they go on to the to the Little League World Series. Yeah, I always joke with him all the time because I still talk to Mark because um, it was literally a few months after that he uh, he moved to California. So I was like, I always joke with him and his family, saying like, oh, we crushed his childhood dream. So we. <laughs> Forced him out of the state, but uh, but yeah, no, we played. I remember we played uh, Post Oak all the time, Post Oak Little League, right. and uh, yeah, we played them in the uh, what was called like the Texas Western Region State Championship, and we beat them there. And then uh, we went to Waco and played for the regional. Man, just just a, a really neat, really neat experience. And uh, I have some questions here from the audience here at Pluckers for you, for you, Brady. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. right. Well, we have a question from Randy, who's here from Channel View. And Randy wants to know, when you're on the mound, do you clear the mechanism? And I'm sure you, you know that for, <laughs> for the love of the game. Yep, yep it's, actually, uh, it's actually one of my favorite movies. So uh, I do my best of clearing the mechanism. You know, there's not a train in the background like uh, in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I know we have the train in the Crawford boxes. But you don't want to, I mean, as a pitcher, you don't want to hear that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do my best to try to, to, try to clear out the Try to uh, clear out the crowd and uh, clear out all the fans who are uh, trash-talking us. I have another question. Tyler, who's from Sam Houston State University, which has produced many great alums and also Steve Sparks, my <laughs> broadcast partner. But Tyler wants to know, what is your biggest focus during this offseason? We talked a little bit earlier about you working out at Minute Maid Park. What your biggest focus this offseason? Yeah, I mean, the main one is obviously to stay healthy, but... Uh, my main thing is my biggest focus is to uh, to be to get better. I mean, to get better as a as a pitcher, to either throw harder, you know, develop a, a better changeup or develop a better curveball, and uh, and to try to stick with the the big league team out of camp this year and and hopefully have a big part in in Houston's run to get into the postseason and winning the World Series. So that's my main goal. And you know, we mentioned you know the uh, the. Uh, Little League that you played in out in out in Richmond, Texas. You grew up in Richmond, still live there. Uh, how special is it for you? I mean, first of all, just getting drafted 
by your hometown team out of college, third-round pick in 2012, and, and then getting to the big leagues with your hometown team. Those two things are always special, but that's be even more special for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know too many people who who can say that that you know they get to put on the uniform that like as a kid I was playing baseball in my backyard and I was always on the Astros. You know, I was pretending to be Jeff Bagwell, pretending to be Craig Biggio, and and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's crazy because you grow up thinking like, uh, you know, I wanted to be a, a a big league baseball player, but as a kid, I always dreamed of being an Astro. And it's just it's it's crazy, you know, that very first time I got to put on an actual Astros uniform. You know, it's just it was special just to put on a big league uniform, but to put on Astros uniform it meant the world to me. Well, who's your uh, favorite Astros player growing up? I mean, there were a ton of them, but obviously the obvious ones are Bagwell and Biggio. I mean, the way those guys played, and they, they stayed in Houston their whole career. So you, you hardly see that nowadays, and it's, I mean, it was just, it was awesome to, to have those two carry, you know, turn turn the Astros into into a, a remarkable franchise. Uh, Biggio's around a lot, works for the team now, is around a lot at home during during batting practice. You, you, got, a, you got a chance to talk to him? Yeah, I got a chance to talk to him uh, one time. It actually... It took me a few tries to go up and talk to him because the other times, I mean, I'm just a little kid. When I when I see him, it's like, man, that's Craig Biggio. Yeah. And and same same goes with Jeff Bagwell. But yeah, uh, me and Biggio talked one time before a uh, before BP, and we had a, you know, little 10, 15 minute conversation, just just talking baseball, just talking life. And I mean, it was that that's a conversation I'll never forget for the rest of my life. One of the cool things to me about talking with Craig Biggio is. I mean, obviously, you know, great player, Hall of Famer, a Houston icon, but just incredibly down to earth. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the first thing I noticed. Like, man, this guy's in the Hall of Fame, and he's he's just like a normal person. You know, he's talking to me like uh, just having a normal conversation. And, I mean, that, that's it. But, yeah, I mean, that just speaks so highly. And uh, just to, that just shows what type of person he is. We're talking with, with Astros pitcher Brady Rogers, and you were telling me earlier, you know, you mentioned you got to meet Biggio, and Biggio and Bagwell are among your favorite players growing up, an Astros fan. You were telling me earlier, you got to meet the late, great Milo Hamilton, voice of the Astros for, for so many years, and uh, a Houston icon in his own right. Yeah, I mean, that was like the only voice I knew growing up. Every time I would turn on an Astros game, I mean, who did I hear? It was Milo Hamilton. Uh, you know, and and he's calling out, you know, Biggio and Bagwell, and getting talking about their, you know, his three thousand hit and stuff like that. So, so seeing stuff like that, and then finally getting to meet him. Uh, I was a junior, senior in high school, and getting to shake his hand, and I saw, you know, his his uh, Astros World Series ring, and I'm like, dang, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> I, I I want one of those, and uh, and so hopefully, you know, hopefully we can eventually do that. But yeah, it was awesome to uh, to finally meet Milo. And he spoke at a banquet that you were at in high school. Was that what it was? Yeah, it was a like a Houston baseball players banquet, something like that for for high school kids. And you went to uh, Lamar Consolidated High School out in out in Rosenberg, Texas. You know, you talked about Randall Gritchuk, who you were on the Little League World Series team with, and also played at Lamar high, uh, Consolidated High School with him as well. And I mean, you you had quite the high school career. Two games I want to talk about that you had your senior year, 2009 at Lamar Consolidated. You had a game in which you threw a no hitter and struck out 16. That's good. I miss those days. <laughs> You had another game. You threw a perfect game, but fewer strikeouts this time, 10 strikeouts. So obviously that game, you were just trying to make them put the ball in play is what it was. You yeah, wanted to yeah, give them I, a shot. Yeah, well, I think it was um, 
I think it was a run rule, so we only played six innings. Is that what it was? Seven innings. So, okay. Yeah, it was something like that. So that's why you only had ten strikeouts. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that, that has to be – I mean, I don't care what level you're at. No hitter, perfect game. That, that's really cool. Yeah, I hope my buddy uh, Ricky is is listening because he was our third baseman on that no hitter, and uh-huh. he had an error. So it would have been a perfect <laughs> game, but he had an error. So I still joke with him from time to time. Now, but, was it was it a legitimate error? I mean, yeah, he it was an easy grounder, and he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't one of those, like, oh, it's a no-hitter, could go either way, we're going to call it. No, it was, it was an error. Candy hop right to him, like, all he had to do, he could have walked it over to first base, and but he didn't even field it. So. Was that the only base runner in that no-hitter that you remember? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't yeah. walk anybody, nah. there, there was nothing else? No, nah, yeah. So I, I, I get on to him every now I really hope he's listening. <laughs> now, out of high school, you got drafted by the Brewers, you know, 39th round pick in 2009. Wound up going on to Arizona State uh, rather than, than signing with Milwaukee. And generally, you're a high school guy. You get drafted that late. I mean, obviously, it's great to get drafted, but was it was it an easy decision for you because of where you got drafted? And obviously, the, the money may, wasn't going to be there at that round usually. I mean, actually, it was it was a really tough decision because I mean, the way the draft works, you know, you never know. Um, people are always calling and throwing out money and stuff like that. But I mean, it in the end, I mean, it was it was a very difficult decision for mm-hmm. me because it's like, man, I'm 18 years old and I can already start my professional career. And if all goes well, I could be in the big leagues at, you know, 21, 22 years old when I'm leaving college. So, I mean, it was it was a really tough decision. But, uh, you know, I talked to uh, Pat Murphy, who was the coach at ASU at the time, and uh, he had me talk to Mike Leake, who was, uh, mm-hmm. who was a junior at that year and was about to leave and go in the draft. And, uh, and you know, Leake was, told me, like, man, you know, you can't go wrong going to ASU. I mean, it's one of the top-tier programs in the in the in the nation. So, I mean, that right there got me going. It's like, all right, I'm going to go there. You know, and I thought we were going to win a national championship. I mean, at least that was our goal. And uh, you know, we we fell just short of that. But uh, but going going to ASU definitely. Uh, Definitely was a smart decision. For well, me. Mike Leake was an easy decision because he got drafted and went straight to the big <laughs> leagues the next year. But, yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but that that's pretty cool. And uh, that Arizona State baseball program. I mean, you mentioned you didn't win a championship. Did go to the College World Series freshman year, I believe, 2010. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you, it's it's a high caliber of baseball uh, for people who may not be as familiar with college baseball, particularly when you're talking about Arizona State Pac-12 conference. I mean, that's really good baseball and and, and a really good opportunity for a lot of guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at all the big names in in the big leagues. I mean, you got you got guys like if we're going to go way back, you know, you got Floyd Bannister, you got Reggie Jackson, and then you get to the more current. You have Andre Ethier, you got Barry Bonds, you got Dustin Pedroia, and now you got Mike Leake. I mean, it it was just an easy decision to say, man, like look at all the big leaguers that they've produced. And, right. And now I'm thankful enough to be a part of that list of such great names. And that, I mean, that truly means the world to me also. And they play in a different stadium now. now I don't know how it's set up now, but I was telling you earlier, I went to an Arizona State baseball game in 2012 and they were playing at their, at their old stadium. And it's kind of cool when you look up at the old stadium in the outfield, they had all the retired numbers. And it was a lot of the guys you mentioned, Barry Bonds and Reggie Jackson and Floyd Bannister. I mean, that that's really neat. It really gives you an idea of the sort of tradition that that, that Sun Devils program has. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why people go there. They go there to win, not only win in college, but to get drafted and then go into the big leagues and, and have a phenomenal career uh, in the major leagues. So, I mean, we're, uh, it's just like, it's like a, a baseball fraternity there. 
2017 Astro season tickets are on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats at Minute Maid Park. Save money and receive great benefits throughout the season. Call one 877 astros or visit astros.com slash season tickets to get your seats today. We'll have more with Astros pitcher Brady Rogers as Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company continues live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepard and on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Well, the Astros bullpen is 5-0 and since August 19th, and it's going to be an opportunity for Brady Rogers perhaps to pick up another W for the bullpen. As he's on in relief, Rogers bends over as he looks in for the sign, comes set, a deep breath. Here's the 1-2 on the outside corner, strike three. What a big time for a strikeout, the first Indian to go down on strike so far in this ball game. It couldn't come at a better time for Brady Rogers. Perfectly placed on the outside corner. I'll tell you what, his stuff looks a lot sharper today than it did in his debut. Maybe a little more comfortable now. Yeah, relax, letting that arm catch up. That was a good downhill heater. Welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Hey, mark your calendars. Fan Fest right around the corner. Join the Astros. Next Saturday, January 21st from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Minute Maid Park, there will be a ton of fun activities, including player autograph signings, fan forums, a kid zone, and more. Admission to the Fan Fest is free, but be sure to claim your vouchers today at astros.com slash fan fest. Robert Ford joined by one of the players who will be part of Astros Fan Fest and Caravan next week, Astros pitcher Brady Rogers. And you'll always remember your first big league strikeout. Yep. And that's what we just played, the, the highlight. That was on uh, September the 8th in Cleveland. You struck out a Chris Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a uh, that's obviously a big moment in anybody's career. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely definitely will always remember. I know it was two seam down on the way. He didn't think it was a strike, but uh, but it was called a strike. So. Umpire did. Yeah. That's exactly. what matters. I think, was it Joyce behind the plate? Yeah, I think Jim, Jim Joyce, Joyce is behind the, the plate, loudest so. umpire on, on on the planet. So, gotta thank Jim Joyce for giving me that call. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we, uh, you know, you you look at the way things went for you this past year. You know, PCL pitcher, the Houston minor league pitcher of the year. It was your second year at Fresno. You were at Fresno in, in 2015, and your numbers that year they weren't terrible. They weren't as good as they were last year. What got better for you second time around at AAA? Um, well, definitely, you know, like I said earlier, uh, repeating at that level, uh, I definitely learned a lot. You know, I I got uh, fastball happy sometimes my first year. Um, if I was down on the count, it's like 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one count, I'm trying to throw a fastball, you know, trying to get a strike or whatever. And, and guys in that league, you know, they can they can hit the fastball. Um, and, I mean, they're pretty much big league hitters. Uh, they're just there's not enough room uh, on the big league roster sometimes. So those guys can handle the fastball. But uh, this past year, I did a better job of mixing my pitches well. Uh, Stassi and Heinemann caught me all year long, and they did a phenomenal job behind the plate, and our defense was awesome. So it's just uh, more mixing pitches, and that's I think that's the main reason. We have some more questions from the audience here at Pluckers, and we're going to be joined now by Lauren Blackwell. If you come out to games at Minute Maid Park, you may see Lauren on the video board on Field MC. Good to see you, Lauren. Good to see you too, Robert Brady. We have a few questions from some of the fans here in the audience. Danny from Cyprus wants to know, you know, it seems like the guys that have played together for a while in Corpus Christi, Fresno, and now here in Houston, they're a really tight-knit group. What's it like playing with those guys and watching a lot of their success? I mean, they're like our brothers. Um, you know, everybody on the Astros are like our brothers. We grew up together going going through the Astros organization. And uh, to see, like, 
when Carlos got called up a couple years ago to see him go on and win rookie of the year was was awesome. I mean, he put in he puts in so much work. He's an unbelievably hard worker. And to see Lance go from from double A to, to the big leagues and do what he did his first year too. I mean, just seeing stuff like that. I mean, those, like I said, those guys are our brothers and and we try to we're family, so it's always great to see those guys succeed. Now, you were part of a Triple A National Championship team at Fresno in 2015. And I'm trying to, now you have to refresh my memory. Corpus, did you guys went to the playoffs when you were there too, right? Uh, no, we didn't, not that year. Didn't make it that year, but you, you had some other postseason appearances in the minor league. How special is it not only to come up with all these guys, but to win with all those guys? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like I said, we're, we're family, and so we're all, we're all striving for the same thing, especially in the minor leagues. We're striving for the same thing, and that's, that's to get to the big leagues and then carry over that, that winning from the minor leagues and carry it over to the big leagues and, and try to bring in a World Series uh, to Houston. All right, we have another question from the audience. Take it away, Lauren. All right, Stephen from Dallas wants to know, growing up in Richmond, do you have any very special memories uh, watching the Astros when you were young? Well, my very first game that my dad took me to, uh, going to the Astrodome, I believe we were actually playing the Cleveland Indians, believe it or not, an American League team, and we were National League. And, I mean, that's a time I'll, I'll never forget. Um, but I think the main one is when the Astros finally beat the Cardinals in the NLCS and went to our first World Series in 05. I mean, as, as any Astros fan, that's probably, that's probably you know, the, the top thing on anyone's list, the most memorable out, you know, Jason Lane catching that ball in right field, and then the guys just going crazy on the mound. Um, I mean, I remember that as a fan. I was I was hollering inside the house, like, we finally going to the World Series. You know, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted, but uh, but hey, you know, it, we we made it, and uh, and hopefully we can we can do uh, do something like that this year. So you were you were you'd have been 15 when the Astros made the World Series in, yeah. in 2005, which makes me feel old, by the way. But <laughs> me too. Thanks. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, you um, did you get to go to any of the the, the, the two games at Minute Maid Park or uh, during that World Series? Or did, you, did you get to go to any playoff games? Uh, no, I didn't go to to any playoff games. But the last playoff game I went to was when we played the Royals just uh, a couple years okay. ago. Okay. So I mean that was that was pretty sweet. Uh, I just you know sat there like a fan. I wasn't you know I was pulling for my guys, pulling for my boys. Watched Lance pitch and he did what he did, and that's that's you know carved. You know he's he's an unbelievable pitcher, and just to see him succeed in the playoffs was was awesome and you know you better believe i was out there repping my orange and waving a flag <laughs> you know i was just a fan out there just having fun and uh and and just cheering on my astros uh, yeah definitely we're a fan watching the the 2015 alds at minute Maid park but you watch baseball differently when you get to play professionally and you knew a lot of the guys on that astros team i'm sure you probably i don't know did you you may have been familiar with some of the guys on that royals team or played against them at some point um not a lot. I, don't, okay. I didn't really just just watching them on TV. That's pretty much all I knew. Yeah, I don't I don't really recall anyone knowing anyone there. But even still, you 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 watch baseball differently now than you did when you were just a kid, high school, even college, as opposed to now when you're playing with these guys and and, and know a lot of the the guys who are, who are playing for the Astros and against them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even when when I was in AAA, you know, we're watching some of the big league games, just a random game. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Astros. And I'm doing my best to try to study the hitters that are batting right now because who knows, you know, I could be facing those guys in a week or two. So just uh, constantly studying. Um, yeah, and it's a little bit more of homework now than kind of enjoying. But, yeah, during that playoff game, you know, I didn't have to worry about what the hitters were doing or anything, right. what the pitchers were doing. 
you know, I was out there cheering on my cheering on my friends and cheering on my, my hometown team. You were just glad, I'm sure, to be watching a game. You didn't have to chart what you have to do in the minor <laughs> leagues on days you're not pitching, right? Yeah, yeah. Or we don't have to talk about that. It's not, that's not the that's not the most favorite job for any minor league pitcher. Yeah, you ever go to a minor league game, you'll see those guys sitting right behind home plate in the stands, a couple of pitchers who aren't starting. Usually one has the radar gun, right, and the other one has the has the chart. Yeah, this year we did a little different in Fresno. The, the same guy that did the chart also had the radar gun. That way we didn't have so many pitchers in the stands. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but obviously a real special moment for you getting a chance to, to see your hometown team in, in the postseason and, of course, play for, for, for your hometown team. And uh, uh, it just has to make you that much hungrier to, to get there yourself and, and hopefully be a part of an Astros team that, that gets back to the postseason and hopefully gets back to the World Series. Yeah, that's the main thing. I would love love nothing more than to, to be a part of an Astros team to get to the postseason and, and play a role in the win in the World Series. I mean, that's that's the ideal scenario for, for me and for anyone else on our team, you know. I, and I think... I think the, what what the office has done for this team this year, I think we definitely have a, an opportunity to do that. Hey, we're going to talk about some of the moves that the Astros made this offseason. We'd like to remind you, 2017 spring training will be the Astros' inaugural season in the new ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Located in West Palm Beach, Florida, the site will include many fan-friendly amenities and will feature separate modern training complexes that will include several baseball diamonds and clubhouses. Tickets are available starting Saturday, January 14th. That's this Saturday. For more information, visit ballparkofthepalmbeaches.com. We'll have more with Astros pitcher Brady Rogers as Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company, live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd, continues on the Houston Astros Radio Network. The 0 1 to Jensen swing and a pop up. This should do it. First baseman Singleton in front of the bag in fair territory reaches up. He's got it. The ball game is over. A complete game. Four hit shutout for Brady Rogers. What a performance tonight. A nine strikeout performance. And Brady Rogers is the first ever in an Astro Grizzly relationship to pitch a complete game shutout. What a job here tonight. And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Hey, get ready, Astros fans. Baseball season right around the corner. You can find fresh Astros merchandise for the upcoming season by visiting the Astros team store. Purchase customized jerseys, Astros gear, hats, and more. Visit astros.com slash team store to see what's available today. Hey, don't forget, our next Astroline will be next Thursday, the 19th, during Caravan Week. And it'll be Steve Sparks, my broadcast partner. He'll be hosting next Thursday. And the guest next week will be new Astros catcher Brian McCann. So you definitely want to make sure you come out for that. So that should be a lot of fun to, to hear from Brian McCann coming over in a trade uh, from the Yankees this offseason. We're joined by Astros pitcher Brady Rogers. Certainly hopes to be throwing the Brian McCann during the regular season. Probably will be. Certainly will be during spring training. And, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm sure you were paying attention to the moves the Astros made this offseason. How excited were you to, to see some of the, the, the upgrades the Astros have made? Man, it was awesome to uh, to bring in to bring in some of those veterans. You know, you bring in Josh Reddick, who i uh, just reading some of his interviews right after he signed with us, saying that, you know, he's going to run through a wall for us pitchers. I mean, that 
that right there just shows what kind of person he is. And I've uh, seen him do it in Oakland, more <laughs> or less. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's a huge competitor. So I'm really looking forward to us having him uh, for a full year, and then uh, going out and getting you know a potential probably first ballot Hall of Famer in Carlos Beltran. I yeah. mean that just seeing that dude, seeing him go to work uh, every single day. I hear I hear he has a great work ethic, and then uh, and then getting Brian McCann. You know, having a veteran backstop back there who's who seems to have done it all. And uh, I might have to come here next week to, to hear what he has to talk. I might <laughs> I might be, like, planted in the back over there and just listening to him talk. And, You'll uh, be one of the people getting an autograph during a commercial break. Pro- huh? Probably. More than likely. I might, <laughs> might uh, try to hopefully uh, try to rig it so I can, my raffle can get drawn. And talking about Carlos Beltran, so, I mean, you grew up an Astros fan, as we've been talking about, growing up in Richmond, Texas. How crazy is it? You were a teenager when Beltron was on that 4 Astros team and just had just put together one of the best stretches of baseball anyone's ever seen in the regular season and then in the postseason was was even better. And he's going to be your teammate. I know. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that year in 4 I mean, it was... That was that was something else. I mean, just to to see him go out every single day and then consistently putting up, you know, going three for four, four for five, hitting a bunch of home runs. I mean, like that that was just it was awesome. And I know it was a it was a big big playoff series or big playoff stretch for for us Astros fans. You know, we we loved watching him play. And you know, we were talking during the break about uh you know you're doing a good job on the show so far it's not over yet so there's still still time for you to screw it up i guess yeah. but you're saying at arizona state and you played there you won an award because of how good you were with the media and doing interviews <laughs> i mean i don't want to brag but but, but go yeah, ahead i'm giving you an opportunity yeah. to brag i mean it was it was called the bob eager award and uh and our our broadcaster uh tim healy he he thought i was good enough to uh to get that award back to back years so as well wow. uh, it means a lot, and uh, I mean, it was it was it was pretty sweet to uh, to get an award for that. And you weren't just a good interview; you were really good at Arizona State. And we were talking earlier about all the great players who who've come through there. You had a you played three years at Arizona State. You had a two point three nine ERA, which is the second best in Arizona State history since they introduced the aluminum bat. Only Floyd Bannister, who was a first overall draft pick, had a better ERA in the aluminum bat era at Arizona State than you had. So that had to be pretty special, knowing all the great players who came through there and, and the numbers you were able to put up that puts you with some of those guys. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know that until after I left ASU. So I was like, like holy crap, you know? I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize like I was. I mean, I knew I was like having you know pretty pretty decent uh, career there, but and then just to see like all all the names that that I surpassed. I mean, it was it was pretty special to me. That, that that's really cool. And uh, you still get back to Arizona State once a year or so. Yeah, I try to go. Uh, they they do a ASU baseball alumni golf tournament. So uh, I try. I do my best to go out there, and then I do my best to try to. Uh, Try to hit the ball straight, and, <laughs> and we actually placed third this year, so that was uh, oh, your group did, yeah, 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 yeah. It was pretty sweet. Who, um, any uh, any uh, alums who come back that people might have heard of? Uh, let's see. This this year, um, we had Jake Barrett, who's a reliever for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He made his debut this year. He broke with the team out of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Marrero with the Red Sox. He he's made an appearance every now and then. Um, and you, seen, you guys were teammates, right? Yeah, yeah, we were teammates and roommates. And then uh, Andrew Applin, who's who's with us sure. as the Astros. Uh, he didn't make it this year, but he usually goes uh, every single year. And he was my roommate as well at ASU. 
And, uh, I mean, yeah, we get a bunch of bunch of big league guys. Uh, uh, Cole Calhoun's made it out there mm-hmm. a few times. Uh, you know, Ethier, Pedroia, some of those guys have made it out. So it's pretty pretty sweet to uh, to catch up with those guys. Does Pedroia swing a golf club like he swings a bat where it looks like every ounce of his body, the body weight is in, in that swing? Honestly, I haven't seen him swing a golf club, so I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious to see that. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the, with the way he swings, he's not a big guy. But, man, you wouldn't know it by the way he swings a bat. But he's still, I mean, his back control is unbelievable. Yeah, so I, my guess is that he would swing extremely hard, hit it 400 yards down the middle, and, and be, you know, he would win the long drive competition. That sounds about right. Guess. That sounds yeah. about right. So, got to the big leagues in September, and it's always when, obviously, it's a great moment, but players often talk about when they first get to the big leagues, sometimes they're just those moments where it's like, well, I'm in the big leagues now. You just, you see somebody you were watching on TV growing up, or you just have some sort of interaction or experience that just reminds you of, of where you are. Did you did you have anything like that? Was there anybody you faced where you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm I'm facing this guy? Um, not necessarily at the moment, but mm-hmm. after the season, you know, the Cubs won the World Series, and I was like, I pitched against that team like a month ago, so that was <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Like at the time, you don't realize it, like. You're, I'm facing Chris Bryant. You know he goes on and does what he does and has MVP, MVP, yeah, MVP year, and then they go on and win the World Series. And it's like I just pitched against a World Series champ, so that's pretty cool. And then you know I got to pitch against the Cleveland Indians too, who were in the World Series. Right, that's so, right. So it was uh, it was pretty sweet after the season to uh, to reminisce and go back on on those outings. You see a pitcher have a bad outing in the World Series against the Cubs and the Indians, you're like, I threw two shutout innings <laughs> against the Cubs. <laughs> I got this. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you're getting ready for the season. Uh, it's spring training is right around the corner, uh, and you've been working out at Minute Maid Park. Have you thought about goals or, you know, in any anything you want to try and do this season or work on or improve upon from, from last year? Um, I mean, yeah, there's there's always something new. There's always something new to work on going into camp. But, uh, but yeah, my main thing is – is one to just just stay healthy to get yeah. through camp healthy, um, and and my my main goal to leave camp is to be wearing an Astros uniform on opening day rather than a Fresno Grizzlies uniform or some or you know another team or whatever. So that that's my goal, and uh, I know it's going to be a tough goal, but I think I think I have the ability to to do that. Have you um, in this offseason during the offseason talked much with manager AJ Hanch, pitching coach Brent Strom, or anything like that? Yeah, I actually just worked with uh, Strom today and yesterday, and uh, you know he he showed me a few things that I've been wanting to do this off season, and it has something to do with you know mechanics and and getting my hips going while I'm pitching. And we did a couple drills, and you know I feel I feel normal when I'm throwing the ball. It just feels effortless, and it's coming out really good. So so working with him the last couple of days has uh, has done a lot for me. How great is Brent Strom, by the way? I mean, he is, every pitcher I talk to about him, they all talk about just his passion. And no matter, you know, whether you feel like he's he's helping you or how much he's helping you, you know you know he's in your corner. You know he's he's pulling for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he'll fight for, for all his pitchers. And uh, and that's that's always special to have to have a pitching coach like that that'll, that'll go – Go do whatever whatever you want them to do, you know, and just to, to back you up in, in any opportunity that they get. Well, it's been it's great seeing you. Glad you could you could make it out to Pluckers. I mean, you, you had a short drive, so that helps. <laughs> Richmond from Richmond, Texas. But yeah. good to see you. 
enjoy the rest of your offseason. I'll see you down at, at spring training, and, and hopefully you do achieve your goal and you're in an Astros uniform opening day. Yeah, and thank you all so much for having me. I mean, this was a blast, and I uh, hope it's definitely not the, the last one. Hopefully it's the first of many. Absolutely. Brady Rogers, ladies and gentlemen, joining us. I'd like to thank all who made this broadcast possible. Our studio producer is Bob Elliott. Our producer engineer is Matt Boltz. like to thank all the wonderful people here at Plucker's Wing Bar on 1400 Shepherd. Make sure you come out and see them. Don't forget our next Astroline program next Thursday the 19th. It'll be Steve Sparks with new Astros catcher Brian McCann. You don't want to miss that. I'm Robert Ford saying so long. You've been listening to Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company live from Plucker's Wing Bar and on the Houston Astros radio network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.